every single marketer and every single brand should be attempting to earn a disproportionate share of conversation. If you work for an organization where they say, bring us a chart that goes up and to the right, you have a challenge. Half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. The trouble is, I don't know which half. I am here to inspire you, to excite you, to motivate you, to transform you, to energize you. Hello and welcome to Demand Gen Visionaries. I'm Ian Faison, CEO of Caspian Studios, and today is our eighth installment of Uncuttable Budget Items. As always, we ask CMOs and industry leaders about their top three uncuttable budget items, like you hear on every episode, and then we condense those into one single supercut episode, and that's what you're listening to right now. So we started doing this back in December of 2018. It's awesome. People love it. If you miss parts one through seven, you can go back into the archives and we'll link them up here in the show notes. These are super helpful. It's budget season. I go back and I listen to these. I find that they're awesome and just, you know, help framing how you spend your money. One other thing, one request, if y'all could just go write a review or just smash that five-star review button for us, that would be awesome. Obviously, we do this show for free in partnership with the amazing people at Qualified. So if you could just give us some reviews, it helps other people find the show. The algorithms like it. Everybody likes it. And we like to hear the feedback. If you ever want to give us personal feedback on something that you'd like to see or a guest that you want back or a guest that you think we should have on the show, you can email me anytime, Ian at Caspian Studios or team at Caspian Studios. We are here to serve the great DGV faithful and everybody else. If you have anything else, let us know and enjoy part eight uncuttable budget items uncuttable budget items part eight what channels or tactics are your three uncuttable budget items dylan Steele, cmo of coalition so first i'll say we're in an interesting time and as we watch the economy go through shifts and changes and business approaches go through shifts and changes i wouldn't put anything off the table from being cut Anything can be cut as buyer preferences change. When I think about our most effective tactics right now, we've really focused in on a few things. One, we do a ton, again, without bounding to our brokers. We're perhaps spoiled in that many brokers are, are registered in, in their states and they share a lot of information publicly because they are salespeople. And so taking advantage of data that's already out there is an incredible resource for us to get to know where those brokers are and what they need. We've done a lot. I mentioned some of the work we've done on the brand and the category creation side. I think that's a major investment for us in an industry where a lot of a lot of insurance products are commoditized and the differentiation isn't clear, helping us tell the story of our differentiation through a number of different channels. A number of them are kind of paid social, also our organic social channels as well. Primarily LinkedIn has been incredible. If you know who your audience is, not just by demographic, but actually who they are and you have their email information, you can be incredibly targeted. That's been critical for us as well. And then I mentioned just getting out and spending time with brokers because there's so much involved in long-term relationships with those brokers. We drive a, a number of different retention activities. Some of those are events-driven when we can. And as we figure out the path forward out of, out of lockdown, I think spending time strengthening you know, those relationships in person remains kind of critical. But we also do simple things, webinars and others that allow us to engage with those brokers on a regular basis and keep up relationships. So there, there is nothing sacred that we wouldn't cut if we felt that broker preferences change and finding a way to stay on top of what's working and what's not working is critical for us. Chris Lynch, CMO of MindTickle. Three uncuttable budget items. So 
Right now, I would say the uncuttable budget items are our SEM budget. I, I know that's a very unsexy thing to say, <laughs> but if we didn't have advertising, I think that would be quite challenging relative to the B2B buyer and education process. Yeah. I definitely think the chatbot and related just the overall web experience, right? In terms of like the touch point of having a fantastic website and then interactions between us and the prospects as they're coming through. And then the third piece right now is an uncuttable budget item, at least as it relates to channels, would be content syndication. It's been working really well. Marie Hillian, head of marketing at Livestorm. Well, it's always hard to <laughs> to cut things, but I would say if I have to pick free, we rely a lot on content and we work a lot with content agencies and translation agencies. Livestorm has, we have our website in three different languages, in, in English, French, and in Spanish. And to produce that content for the blog, to produce those ebooks, those reports, all of this sales content, we work with those content agencies. And we have somebody internally that works as the leader of the orchestra to make sure that everything grows smoothly and that we produce the content that is really a fit to our prospects. So I think this would be the first one because it's really at the core of our strategy. The second one would be the paid budget. So obviously we push our content a lot on LinkedIn, on social, on Google ads. We rely a lot as well to drive the self-serve motions that I was talking about. So to make sure that we get demos and signups to our product. And finally, the third one, I would say everything's touching to the brand. So at Lifestorm, maybe a particularity that we have is that we have a very strong brand team internally. A lot of companies at Allsage, I believe, work with external agencies or work with external freelancers. But we have this team internally. And even if it's not a budget per se, but it's a team that we really rely on a lot to create videos, to create visuals, to make our website very appealing. And I think that's something that's very important to us to drive the brand as well in in a category, webinar software, video conferencing markets that is very, very competitive. Dan Verley, Senior Vice President of Sales, Workplace Technologies and Services at Canon Solutions America. Three things in the marketing tactics that I just absolutely wouldn't do without. The, the first is really from a marketing perspective, they've done an excellent job with demand gen in our company. So that sits outside obviously as a sales team we do our own prospecting and networking as a sales team sure but as part of the marketing function they've set up a verticalized demand gen team with an outbound calling and an inbound so they'll run different marketing campaigns ad campaigns web campaigns internet campaigns and then they've done a great job bringing on new tools a tool like zoom info has really been really excellent tool for us to add to our portfolio so they're seeing real time who's having interest in our products on our sites, kind of the Google ads, if it's bouncing up to the top concept, they see where it's coming in for us and then funneling those leads to the sales team so that we can act on them. We've gotten numerous sales from accounts, ironically, we didn't even know. The other thing from marketing that I think has really been helpful is they've really adopted storytelling. Instead of kind of specs and speeds and feeds, as we tend to call them in our industry, they've gone to storytelling, and I wouldn't want to see that go away. And, and what do I mean by storytelling? They're really no different than short, abbreviated solutions to known business problems within vertical, and then creating that content in a brief way that we can carry it to the field in a consistent way. 
one of the challenges we as sales have, in particular industry, it's, it's not a big secret. Our industry does hire people without experience. Not everybody walks in understanding everything about it. So to those yeah. people, there's a, a good chunk of the sales force out there, 10 to 20% that's under a year. So they don't have all of this industry knowledge. And so to have curated content that they can quickly understand, digest, communicate to the customer really helps a lot to, to A, make sure we get the right message out there, which is very important. But I think more important, B, we don't get the wrong message out there. And then for the, the third thing, I, I think it's just really the programs that they give us to go to market with when they see industry changes. In our company, the way it works is marketing really is the arm to work with the manufacturing side or the manufacturing side of Canon or our business partners. Perhaps a business partner's product has started to lag behind in the industry either in terms of price, functionality, acceptance, what have you. And their ability to manage those relationships and make sure that they keep the solutions we're asking the sales team viable is critical. A confident salesperson who believes in what they're doing, despite whatever training I may have over somebody else or somebody else over me, confidence in your product and belief in your product is powerful. And if you believe it in your soul and you can look them in the eyes and say, hey, here's why you want to do this. This is what I would tell anybody, no matter where I was and, and why this is the right solution for you. Customers are smart. They sense that confidence. They also sense the lack of confidence. Yeah. If you're worried, they become worried. If you're bold and confident in what you say and you believe it, which requires this pre- marketing effort to make sure we're in the right spot with the right product, the right product price positioning, it just adds to that. So it's hugely impactful to my sales team in terms of their self-esteem, their confidence level when they're out there making those calls, trying to close that deal. Because let's face it, you're not always going to be the cheapest. You may not always be the fastest, but there's a compelling argument to be made for your solution that you believe in vehemently. That's still a powerful salesperson. Cindy Knezovich. Senior Vice President of Brand and Communications at SalesLoft. I think the first one for me would be around customer and community marketing. And that is kind of funding our community efforts. Kyle, our CEO, always challenges us to make sure when we say community, we're not saying like, hey, we're launching a community. We've always had a community, right? Like big C community. But when I think about it from a budget or a tactical standpoint, it's how can we put together the mechanisms so our community can come together and learn and share and grow from each other. So I think that's exceedingly important in my budget. But I would say another one is I also own our global events. And so in other words, that's the big kind of branded experience events. DemandGen owns our field events. And I think to me, part of that, I wouldn't say every single event we sponsor is uncuttable because at some point they probably are. I would say that our customer conference is uncuttable. And that is because it's all about our customers. Yes, certainly prospects are, are welcome, but that's a way that we try to provide a really great experience, but also a lot of data and facts and science and tips and tricks to help our customers be the best sellers they can be. So that's something we do for our customers. And it's obviously a big way to get our brand out in front of our customers as well. I say swag. I'll tell you this. Again, I've been around the block a time or two. There's a lot. I, when I came to SalesLoft, I have never seen a company with these young, cool, hip kids. I'm going to call them kids. They're young adults. <laughs> clamoring for swag, asking if they can buy it with their own money, 
head to toe swag all the time. It's like nothing I've ever seen. In fact, that is one of my lessons that I learned that I think I did well, or we did well with the rebrand was we knew we had to transfer the lofters love for the existing brand to the new brand. And so keeping them involved, kind of doing little teaser campaigns, sending great swag was part of that. I knew we had to do that for it to be successful. It's still that way now with the new brand. It's, we had to launch a swag store. I can't tell you how many times a day I'm pinged like, hey, do you happen to have an extra hat? Where can I get a coffee mug? Thoughtful swag that your employees can use to rep the brand, I think is really, really important. And to send to customers, frankly. Customers love our swag too, which is great. Michelin Nijme, CMO at JFrog. The three categories I would bucket into is paid media and organic search. Those are critical to me. And balancing organic over paid is something that we strive for all the time. We're not there yet. My freemium and free trial offering that we have, we do offer a SaaS offering as well as self-hosted offering. So giving that developer that experience. And then in-person events and online events like webcasts, podcasts, things like that. Those are the three big channels I would never cut. There's an old saying, right? The content is king and there's a reason for it, right? And organic search is all about content. Same with paid search, but organic much more so. And the nurture you're building to get them to engage with you. I used to do those, you know, my past career, but with JFrog, it's all about technical content engagement, right? So it's not mm-hmm. the fluff. They can see behind, they can see behind the fluff. So it's got to be very educational, deep technical content. So with this audience, you you really have to educate them. So it's taking them through a journey, right? So we think about the user experience. The moment they come to our website, what is it the first thing we want to do? Where did they come from? And what's the next step they want to take? And then we built workshops again, to educate them very hands-on. They're an hour and a half workshop so they can play with our product. We bring them to to try our product. We bring them to do these kind of demo days where because they don't want to talk to us a sales rep so right away. So how do we take them on this journey in a way that resonates with them that doesn't feel like marketing fluff or that doesn't feel not authentic, right? It's got to be authentic. It's got to mean like, hey, we are trying to take you and educate you down this journey because we want you to have the best experience because we believe that we're giving you the best product in the industry. We want you to try it. And once they try it, we know we've got them excited and energized about it, but it's just taking them down that journey and organic search and content plays a huge part in that. Ryan Benici, CMO at GymPass. To me, like paid and content marketing is so important, right? Like paid marketing helps you pay the bills today. It helps you drive revenue, drive demand, and it helps you build up your inbound funnel for content. So I feel like it's rare a company wouldn't be doing both of those things regardless of their size. Doing paid really, really well. Everyone can do paid. Like doing it really well, I think is a different story. And having really great people lead it is key. I'm not as much of a fan of outsourcing those skills and using agencies. I prefer to hire really incredible paid talent in-house. But I think that's kind of the on-demand piece. And then the content side of the house, again, is key. I'm sure if you go back to your fifth episode where we spoke last time, I'm sure content was a big part of what I said. And I feel like nothing has changed. If anything, actually... It's become more and more important just because the cost per click and the CPAs of paid media are getting more and more expensive. So I'm still a firm believer in that. It's definitely gotten harder, though. I'm 
a real a really strong believer in content as sort of like a traction tool from through organic search right so for me content when i talk about content i'm typically talking about content that drives organic traffic to your site you right through you know google people going to google finding your content um podcast etc i think are kind of like another layer of content really important i think more important maybe from a thought leadership perspective than than typically um people finding them organically right palmer houchins vp of brand marketing and communications at g2 this is going to be very much informed by where I like to put my focus and my team's focus. I would say one area right now that's going to be a little bit counterintuitive that I would absolutely fight tooth and nail to keep there is, is in-person events. We've so few of those in the past two years that every opportunity that we have to connect in person with customers and prospects is very valuable. In-person events are certainly not as cost efficient as virtual ones, but I think that they've got a very tangible value there. So that's my number one. My number two is going to be a broader comms or PR budget. It doesn't mean that you're going out and having necessarily to hire an agency to do PR. It may bring that to life, but it's that there's some focus on what's your corporate message? How are you going to market with that? How are you staying relevant? And that can can take shape in a number of different ways, depending on what the company is. The last one for me, and this could come to life in sort of organic or paid, but, but I think social is an area where just depending on what your go-to-market strategy is and who you're trying to reach, that there's still, even in this day and age, a lot of value on social. So for us, that comes to life. And LinkedIn is, is just a great channel and somewhere that we can reach our customers and prospects efficiently and at scale. The Rich Donahue, CMO of Ibotta. They're always fluctuating. We've talked to our clients about the importance of direct response, the importance of guaranteed ROI and knowing exactly what your dollars are getting you sort of with our clients, we can guarantee a cost per unit sold because if they don't sell that item, they're not paying. We're a paid performance platform. And so sort of held ourselves to that same standard historically. So digital media, the attributable media has always been sort of a staple for us. We want to know what we're getting. We want to know what you know our cost per install is, or we can flow that all the way down and, and sort of know our LTV to CAC ratios. And that's been really important for us historically. Anything that's measurable has been, it might get a little bit more budget if we're doing well with it. It might get a little bit less, but that is a staple. That is sort of the uncuttable. In a way, we're always going to be sort of doing that and pushing money through those channels because we're able to move that money across the different channels and across the different teams as we need to, where we're seeing pockets of effectiveness. More and more, I think for us, we've been talking a lot about brand formants. We've been talking about sort of the, the convergence of those uncuttable sort of digital dollars that we want to make sure are attributable and the the harder to measure sort of more call it traditional stuff. I'd put TV right now in that uncuttable bucket. Some of these new spots that I mentioned a bit earlier have done really well for us. We've gotten better at measuring the effects of TV through some market tests early on and then through some just smarter applications of that media more recently. We're seeing really great gains there, really strong performance and certainly the privacy stuff has hurt some of the digital media, um, the effectiveness of that, the measurability, the trackable nature of it is making that more challenging. So TV is there and really just influencers are probably one of the other ones that I put in there right now is uncuttable would not have been my answer a couple of years ago at all. But I think more and more we're talking about just being at the place where people are interacting with media and choosing to interact with the media. TV is one where, generally speaking, it's interrupting the show 
that you're watching, right? It's commercial. That's I'm used to it. I think we're all used to it. And I think influencers are, are kind of the exact opposite, right? Like the reason I'm going to their channels, the reason why I'm listening to what they have to offer is because they're presenting me relevant information. It's that the relevance of that message is what I'm tuning in for. It's becoming more impactful. And we've seen some really good results from from starting to integrate our efforts into into those channels. And so right now, I think the question is how we effectively lean into those things. I think ultimately, we just want to we want to be in a place where when they're thinking about what they're going to be shopping for, when they're thinking about paying attention to the content, we are a piece of that puzzle. And we are sort of resonating with them in the places that they want that message to hit. Maria Pergolino, CMO of Active Campaign. Yeah, I think even before the budget, like as marketers, we choose our jobs. We choose the companies that we work for. It has to be a mission that you stand behind and it has to be something you can differentiate. There are many products out there in the world that like you can't tell the difference between two of them, right? And and if you can't, it's then really hard to differentiate. It's really hard to do great marketing you have to choose an opportunity where you feel like you can do something with your skill with that marketing. And I'm fortunate to have that here and at my past companies, but sometimes it does not matter. It could be the greatest marketer in the world. And if they're marketing the wrong product, it's just never going to get there. And so it is up to us to choose where we can do great marketing. I spend time at companies. I spend four or five years at companies It would feel awful if they weren't ones that were growing. So one, choose a great company where you can then have those non-negotiables that you asked about. I think first it has to go to team. The way that I build an org chart is not with anybody in mind, but I build the structure to the goals. So starting with the goals, what do we have to achieve? How would we then achieve them? What are the roles we need to do it? But then putting great people in those roles where fast marketing is interesting a part of the business, when you look at a business, most parts of the organization, it's the the team costs that are the only costs. In marketing, it's half, you know, people, half programs. And so you have to make sure that you don't put too much thought into those programs and not enough into the people. And so I think starting there, that's that's where, and not that you want to use every dollar for those, but do you have the right people there And do you understand what the value of those roles should be to make sure that you can bring in the best talent possible for those? How do you choose one of them to do really well? And so my negotiable is in like, what can the team do well versus what is the one thing? I think having good software, being able to do that automation, and that is with products like Active Campaign, of course, but you know, what you're going to use for your SEO research or like having the right tools available in, in exactly. So I think that's really important. ManGen Visionaries is brought to you by our friends at Qualified.com, a conversational marketing company that's on a mission to transform the way B2B companies sell. Go to Qualified.com to learn more.